to Halcyon, the city of hopes and dreams. Superpowered supervillains lay their super schemes. And if you want to take them on, you're gonna need a team to win the fight. Look for the Varsity Knights. Teenagers by day, superheroes by night Young and strong and daring and ready to fight When evil comes around to take a bite Look for the Varsity Knights all right, are, are y'all ready to get into things? Yeah, I'm ready for this. Mm -hmm. Cool. So just to get ourselves back uh, into the mindset of this world and these characters, in place of a full recap, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go around and ask you all what was a highlight of last session for your character? When I was a human cannonball. All right, well, t Tyler has his. All right, Nikki, do you have a highlight for your character? Oh, I mean, probably telling my friend Amy that I'm going to <clears throat> be at her party, because I obviously am. Uh, Diego really enjoyed changing his body so that his uh, friends could Wait, wait. Use it. <laughs> it sounds wrong. Yeah, a little, little bit. Change oh, your body. Let, let, let me rephrase that. Diego enjoyed being able to help, like physically helping. Are you referring to when he changed himself into a ladder? Into a ladder and into a big rubber band. Yeah. Uh, a it's thing that Nell actually enjoyed. Probably just being able to to take down the villain. Mm. Like this is this is what I've trained my whole life to be able to do, and I did it. Good no. job. So there's a couple of you who have specific playbook moves to make during downtime. Kitty has that and Nell does as well. Before rolling, ask the other players to answer these questions about my performance. Are we giving you a performance review? Yeah, baby. Oh, okay, let's see. Have I been upholding the traditions of my legacy? So the your traditions of your legacy are essentially like saving people. Yeah, yeah, public perception is definitely like a high savior, protecting people. Fighting against the cultists of Fenrir and stuff. Yes. I mean, in terms of saving people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody I about Fenrir. was saved. Yeah. yeah, right. Have I maintained the image of my legacy? <laughs> I mean, you looked badass. <laughs> I literally looked like your legacy, yeah. yeah. And have I made the other members of my legacy proud? I did use the, the abilities that Skull taught me. That's true. And yeah. you also didn't let Check You Betcha neg Diego too much. Mm -hmm. You're standing up for him. So yeah, that all makes totally. sense. Yay! Yay! So that's a 10! Okay, Ooh. what happens on the 10? On a hit, one of them offers you meaningful encouragement, an opportunity, or an advantage. Let's go get, do Kitty's move as well, so I have All some right. more plans for what this downtime looks like. Mine is, when time passes, roll plus your mundane to see how well you're managing your obligations. On a hit, things are going pretty well. On a seven and nines, you've lapsed one obligation of your choice. On a miss, you haven't given your normal life anywhere near the attention it deserves. The GM chooses two obligations that are going to bite you in the butt. So this is her dance team, student government, being the junior class president, and her popularity. Okay. <laughs> it's an obligation. It is. It's yeah. hard being a high schooler. Yeah. It really is. Okay, so Ooh, that no. is a nine. Okay. Lapsed one obligation of my choice. I'm going to say oh that- Oh no, do you not 
not make it to Amy's party? No, I want to make it to Amy's party. And I feel like if I made it to Amy's party, that would be following up on the dance team and the popularity. So I am mm -hmm. lapsing on junior class president. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. No yoo-hoo in the water fountain this year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One use of scenes in downtime is to clear conditions that you have marked. So, there's a couple ways of clearing conditions. There's the way that you can do it yourself, which is essentially, you need to do something stupid. <laughs> so there's specific rules for what clears a given condition. Like, for example, to clear angry, you need to hurt someone or break something important. Alternatively, you can help somebody else to clear a condition by comforting or supporting them. Mm. <clears throat> Who's got conditions? I am insecure. Yeah, I, I'm right? angry yes, I'm yeah. and guilty. So that's just to give you ideas about what kind of scenes you could do in this downtime. Mm -hmm. so, so, okay, I know we're playing teenagers, but I'm an adult. Okay. <laughs> I'm an adult. You, Alex, are an adult. I have... You turned 30 today. I Thank you. <laughs> welcome today, to the 30 plus club. It gets worse. Today my dad <laughs> said, welcome to the third floor, which I didn't... <laughs> Anyway, That's great. Um, so I have both hopeless and angry. For in the description that says to clear hopeless, fling yourself into easy relief. He swiped a bottle of, of whiskey from uh, Miss Fraser's drawer, <gasps> or, or just he swiped a bottle of whiskey from the janitor's closet yeah. from like some okay. random yeah. staff. So I think that implicate Miss Fraser. So I think basically what happens um, in the downtime for you is like you end up spending too much time just like being sad and drinking. Yeah. And so that assignment that Miss Fraser had you working on does not get turned in on time. And she's basically been tunnel schooling you essentially. Mm -hmm. It's gonna turn into just a rant. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's gonna stop being an essay. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I think let's look a little bit at what's going on with Kitty currently. All right. So I think this is a scene that happens mid-school day. Okay. You're currently like at the locker of um, somebody who is also in your student government. Mm -hmm. Let's go with her name is Myra. Okay. She's saying to you, Kitty, look, I know you've been really busy with the whole choreography thing for the dance team and stuff, but you really need to get this budget together for homecoming because they're giving us a lot more responsibility this year, and if we don't get this done correctly, then they're not going to do it next year. Right, right. Um, sorry, I've... You're right, I've been so totally distracted. Um, were you there? Were you there at the museum? Oh, no, sorry, I was out sick that day. How... Are you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. I just, you know, I, I really think that those heroes, you know, they were they were really being heroes. Yeah, I mean, whatever, it's like, it's like Chet's thing. I don't, I don't really care about the heroes. I'm more like, you know, just like stay out of my way and like don't, don't fight around me. Right, I mean, but like if a villain showed up around you, yeah. then you would want them to, to come fight around you, right? Yeah, probably, just, you know, I, can we get back on topic? Right, sorry, um, so the budget, I mean, how much can balloons really cost, right? Yeah, but it's not just balloons, we gotta hire a DJ. Yeah, Adessa, isn't your brother, isn't he like a college DJ? I mean, I can ask. I... As this is happening, you hear the voice of your little brother coming up from behind you as he says, Hey, hey, Kitty, Kitty, oh, Kit Kat, Kit Kat, Kit Kat, Kit Kat. Hey, Junior. Right, sorry, Myra, can we talk about this later? Okay, sure, whatever, just get it to me 
by the end of the week, all right? Right, yep, okay, end of the week, homecoming budget, understood. And uh, Carson Jr. looks over down the hall towards uh, Nell, who has currently got a minor crowd around them who are just like <laughs> holding perimeter, don't want to like get too close <laughs> and crowd them. So Nell's probably just like at their locker, putting other stuff away and has no idea this is happening. So, uh, you know how you're, you're like on that team of, of the, those like four superheroes and stuff? Yeah, but we don't talk about that at school, Junior. Okay, okay, okay. but like, can, can I ask you a favor? Sure. Can you get me Spectre's autograph? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Cause, he's, cause he's, he's like, he's like my age. He, he is like your age, Junior. And, and he's, he's so cool. He's got all those like, he can like make things float. And his costume's super rad. You, you don't want like my autograph? Uh, well, I mean, I already have your autograph. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, Tyson, as you're walking past, I think you always get some background telepathic information from people. You have to like focus on shutting it out. Kind of like tuning a radio. Yeah, exactly. That I think kind of like tunes you into that because you're realizing that somebody is talking about Spectre. He overhears. Yeah, overhear a little bit more as Carson is like, it's just, it's just like, it's really cool that they're superheroes like my age because it means that they're like, I could get powers and I could join your team too. I mean, I, yeah, you could. I mean, I was born with mine, so it's a little late for that one, but you could get into a horrible accident like El Chameleon. Oh, awesome. How did he do it? I, he says he went for a swim. Oh, like at a pool? I, you know, you'd have to ask him yourself. I, I, I you know, Tyson's gonna walk up to, to Junior. I'm just, are we the same? Carson. Yes. Carson? Yes. <laughs> Carson. Carson! Oh, uh, hey Tyson. You know, one time, Specto saved me. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I heard about that, um, at the museum. Uh, yeah, and I, so yeah, yeah, just like, like, let me know if you... His autograph. If you can, like, get that for me, okay? I'll, I'll, I'll try my best, Junior. I'll probably do it if you want. And Tyson just walks off. <laughs> Literally kicks rocks. <laughs> um, so Kitty, Kitty knows that it's uh, Tyson, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think she's just gonna be like, Junior, and just like makes eyes, like looking at Tyson and back at back at Junior. Stop giving people's identities away. <laughs> Everybody knows I think, it's I think this Everybody is exactly the thing, too. right? She, she's so protective of her own identity and doesn't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Junior looks over at Tyson and is like, what? What? And then his eyes get big, his mouth gets big. <laughs> that for now and we're going to take a look at I want to know what Diego and Tyson's hangouts look like Ooh. hey let me tell you what about my best friend like? so you live with Bob Greco Greco where in his house it's so an apartment if I knew Tyson from the <clears throat> foster home yeah that might be the only house I can go to mm -hmm. it's an apartment above a pizza shop it's an abutment. An abutment. It's an abutment. An abutment. Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's, an, it's the only abutment okay. that Diego can, can visit. Okay. He's got the sewers. He's got the school at nighttime, and then he's got the woods. Tyson invites him over. For there, that there's time. there's rooftop. We can get on the rooftop. Beautiful. Eat mm -hmm. pizza. Can we read comic books? 
Cool. It's like comic books and like maybe we read yeah. some of like like the newspapers of the local superheroes doing shit. I think what we see is Tyson and Diego both up top on the rooftop. You've got a box full of half-eaten pizza between the two of you mm -hmm. labeled slices and dices. <laughs> yes! Um, it's so good. And I'm hiding the whiskey bottle yeah. in like a paper bag so that Tyson doesn't know. The way that you read the paper is the way that he'll read the paper or mm -hmm. comic books. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of, he emulates some of your behavior. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're a missing daughter. Same old, same old. Oh look, this guy's got a rat infestation. Anybody missing any toys that we couldn't have? Uh, Video games. Antique coin collection, is that close enough? That's really boring. Here's a question. Are you planning on trying to clear his conditions? What do you have to do to clear angry, break something or hurt somebody? Yes. But you could help him by taking comfort or support. And basically what that means is you've got to like try to make the other person feel better. He he has in his wobe a brand new first edition of... Calfax, Prince of the Seas. Uh, Diego. Bob, Bob was bringing over some of the things of his old comic books, and look what I found. It's a number one. I think you might like it. It's Califax, Prince of the Seas. That's that's a first edition. Holy shit! Uh, 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 he holy does crap. the whole. Yeah, we have to get a swear job for you. Sorry. You wanna weed that's it? That's real cool. Is this the one where he saves? Uh, uh, is this number one? Of course, it's, it's number one. And look, look. And he puts the the comic book down very gingerly, and he pulls out a pair of very nice white gloves, uh, because we've been eating pizza, mm -hmm. and these are Bob's comics. Mm -hmm. And Bob ha has a huge collection, and he will make him yeah. wear gloves. Does, so, does Bob know you took this? What Bob doesn't know won't hurt Bob White. Yeah, all right, that's good, that's good. Uh, okay, can you roll comfort or support, plus mundane? <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, I tanked mundane. Uh, four all day, minus two, it's a two. Okay, so I think what you basically get out of this is, as you like read through it more, you have a feeling like, oh, is this how he sees me? Like, Halifax is not human. Calfox is basically Atlantean, and you're basically like, is this who I am to this kid? Uh, hey, listen, listen, Tyson, Tyson. Uh, you know I'm still Diego, right? Yeah. You know, back at the foster home, and I was just the guy sitting in the corner on his own. Yeah. That's still me. Yeah, but I have all these real cool powers. Yeah. Through no fault of my own. I sound like a 50-year-old man now, Tyson. I'm 17. I'm just a kid. So this kid, this Califax guy, that's, that's... If you don't like, you just have to say so. No, Blast, I like... Grabs okay. the comic book and goes downstairs. Frick! I'm a kid too, you know! Before we end the scene, I want to give you an opportunity. Alex, or Diego in this scenario, you can actually try to shift Tyson's labels, basically as a retaliation. If you <laughs> if you say something that's like trying to tell Tyson who he is or how the world works, then you can trigger a label shift for him. Oh, if you trigger him, that's not good. Do it. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, 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 wait! Come back, come back, come back! Hey, hey! And I'm gonna lift up the box. Still one slice of cheese pizza left. <sighs> It's got the cheesy crust. We go, can I have the whole piece? You can have the whole piece. The whole piece? I'm good. Takes right. the box. 
hey, um, what I was trying to say here is that, yeah, we have all these cool powers, but they can also hurt people by accident. You know, like the Stegosaurus, badass, right? But if it fell on Miss Frazier or on Kitty, Kitty's little brother. Is that why the shock lady called me dangerous? Yeah, but you know, screw the shock lady. We're in charge of how dangerous we are, okay? Yeah. So I'm trying to down his danger by one and up his savior. Do you accept this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Diego. Uh, so we're going to fast forward just a little bit more into yet another school day. This is history class with uh, Mr. Han. We see Nell and Kitty, who are both in the same grade, sitting next to each other. Chet is snoring in the back row, and Mr. Han is writing up some stuff on the board, and then he starts off by saying, Okay, class, well, the bell just rang, so that means we're getting started. Um, we're beginning our unit on Greek mythology. So, can anybody name any of the Greek gods? Kitty raises her hand. Persephone? Ooh, I like that one. That's not one of the ones that people usually say. Yes, Persephone. Goddess of spring, mm -hmm. and the harvest, and also the underworld. Can anybody else name any Greek gods? And uh, this goes around the class a couple times. Is it safe to say that Nell doesn't actually know many of these? Because I feel like Nell has a specific mythological education. I suppose that's fair. I feel like Nell would have absorbed some of the basics anyways, just through pop culture, mm -hmm. has seen Disney's Hercules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Mr. Han goes around kind of like trying to call on um, most of the people in the class who look awake. <laughs> <laughs> he makes eye contact with Nell a couple of times as if like prompting them to offer some Thing. But then after that doesn't happen, he continues on and says, uh, Very well. Um, so one theme that comes up a lot in Greek mythology is known as hubris. Does anybody know what that is? I feel like that's something now potentially yep. would know. Sort of wait a few seconds and say, like, pride. Pride. Kind of. That's correct in a sense. That's certainly what the modern definition of hubris has come to mean. But the Greeks understood it as something very different. They understood it as the specific type of pride when a mortal believes that they are more than mortal, that they are in the realm of the gods. Now, I feel like that certainly has a lot of different modern connotations, especially with the boom of all the metahumans recently. I mean, we have one in our classroom right now. Everybody kind of looks over to know. There's like a, an awkward chuckle that goes around the, the classroom. She just gives you a thumbs up. Mel doesn't understand why people laugh. <laughs> there are many nowadays who would claim that heroes of our modern day are similar to Greek gods. But then there are also others who would claim that that is a form of hubris in and of itself. Now I'll leave that up to you to decide, but the Greeks at least believed that it was impossible for any mortal person to rise to the ranks of the gods. In fact, any who tried were inevitably punished. There are stories of many people like that. Sisyphus, Prometheus, Icarus, all people who tried to rise to the level of gods, but were ultimately struck down. What do you mean rise to the level of gods? 
Well, it depends on the scenario. Different myths are written by different authors, so the definitions were generally inconsistent, but usually it was those who thought that they could challenge or be equal to them in some way, either through competition or through trickery. Shouldn't everyone strive to be better? Of course. This is all mythology anyways, so it's not like it's right in front of us. We have proof of some forms of mythology, we don't have proof of all of it. Well, some of it is true. Couldn't any of it be true in some way? That's true. Anyways, I suppose you would know better than I would. And then there was like another like very nervous chuckle that goes around the classroom. <laughs> well, Mr. Hunt, what's so terrible about wanting to be equal? Oh, nothing. It's a very natural human impulse. And I think that it's perfectly reasonable. I think that a lot of the heroes of Greek myth were people with incredible power for the mortal men of the time. You'll see heroes like Achilles, who was basically invulnerable except for his heel, famously. Hercules, who was in some parts divine, and so he is one of the few who was actually able to get away with his hubris. Why is hubris always punished? I think the Greeks were just dumb. <laughs> it's possible that that's why. Another interpretation is just that the gods were jealous. That they didn't want for any human to rise to their level. Or other beings, as the case might be, because as we now know, there are beings of all different kinds. I mean, Xanarchavians and the Atlanteans, to name a couple. Anyways, let's continue on. Turn to page 100 of your history books, please, and the rest of the class. Mr. Han briefly stops Nell before they leave and says, um, a moment, if you would. Uh, sure. He waits for everybody else to leave. He kind of like looks at Kitty for a bit in case Kitty's Yeah, I think she would probably linger until she gets the hint of like, fine, I'll go. It looks like he considers something and then says, actually, why don't you stay too? Okay. It was a very good discussion that we had going on there. Okay. I just wanted you to know. I, I apologize if I came across as um, rude during that. I, I honestly don't know how to treat having a metahuman in my classroom so much. Same as anyone else? Well, it's not exactly the same now, is it? I think their emotions work about the same way. Well, not all of them. Besides, it's metahumans like, like you experience the world in a way different than the rest of us, don't you? I mean, just your invulnerability alone would make you less worried about many of the dangers that would befall a normal person. I mean, maybe, but I only started that recently. I mean, I don't, I don't think that affects history class. It affected shop class that one time, but I understand that was a bit of an anomaly. Well, that's the thing about history, <clears throat> is that history is a form of storytelling. And storytelling is ultimately about sharing experiences with other people. And so, if your experiences are different from others, then you'll tell different stories. Not worse, just different. Isn't that kind of the point? Otherwise, everyone's all telling the same story, and that's really boring. What's the point in hearing a story if you already know how it goes? That's fair. Which is why I'm glad that you're in our class. We need somebody to tell your side of things. 
my side of things, being a homeschool kid, I'm... A oh, homeschool kid with a magical axe. I mean, it's not like I carry it around. Oh, I just wanted to thank you for the discussion. Sure, yeah. You know, part of how my entire family is raised, they don't know who's going to be the next Hathi or the next Skull. So all of us are raised as if it could be us. And that's why so many of my family ends up doctors and firefighters and first responders of all types. It seems to me that encouraging people to be more than just people is a good thing. Oh, I agree. In many ways, I admire your family greatly. I, I hope this isn't overstepping, but I do have followed the, the Wolf's Blood family in the news before. There's a great op-ed on you in the most recent newspaper, for that matter. Plus, there was that whole tell-all on TMZ the <laughs> a year ago, where we got to see about the lifestyles of all of the, the Wolf's Blood family that didn't end up taking up the mantle. It was really very enlightening stuff. I'm, I suppose I'm just grateful for the opportunity to have you in my class. You have no idea how grateful I am to be around people I'm not related to. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I can relate to that. Well, you shouldn't worry about my class or me. I, I promise you that I'll treat you no differently. Yeah, sure. What he's doing here is he's taking influence over you, but since he's an adult, he already has influence over you. Yep. Which means that he gets to shift your labels now for free, essentially. Okay. <clears throat> so he's going to shift your superior up and your mundane down. As they're leaving, mm -hmm. Kitty's going to say to Nell, it's like, that was weird. All your teachers do that? Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Anyways, I wouldn't listen to him. As you are walking out of the classroom, a plastic lunch tray comes flying down from above and smacks you on your face. It just kind of like goes right around your head <laughs> as you are just completely unharmed by this. <laughs> as Chet is there holding the lunch tray and he's like, Oh, man, I, that worked exactly like I thought it would. Um, <laughs> what an asshole. Nell has been in combat training for uh -huh. a couple years. Yes. I think Nell's instinct is someone is attacking me, I need to fight back. Okay. So I think Nell's instinct is to just turn around and sucker punch him. You do that. <laughs> As you turn around, you just punch him directly in the face. He goes down hard, and you see his <laughs> nose begin to bleed. He's like, oh, man, I was just joking, man. I... You came up behind me and attacked me. What was I supposed to do? Oh, God, I think I'm going nose. I should get you to the nurse. Oh, oh, go. I can go make my way to the nurse alone. And, and as he's like, just to pick himself up and walk away, he says, God, I guess the old woman has never done something like that. <laughs> you want to hold it together and be cool. Is wearing the tray like around their neck still. <laughs> Does this clear my angry condition because I've hurt someone? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. But is Chet really someone or just a <laughs> Probably after the next class, no one will go to the nurse to check on Chet <laughs> okay. and apologize again. <laughs> Before you're able to make it to the nurse, 
your phone actually rings. And as you look down, it is Balder calling you. Nell will probably let it go to voicemail, having been told not to use your phone during school hours. <clears throat> so it goes, it rings a couple more times, goes to voicemail, starts ringing again. <laughs> <laughs> will answer thinking it might be an emergency and immediately ask that upon answering. Just be like, hey, uh, Uncle Balder, what's, what's going on? What's the emergency? Meet me at the football field. Uh, I need a glove. Uh, n now? Was that now? Because, as you know, superheroes tend not to speak very clearly. They say dramatic stuff, yeah. and they understand each other. <laughs> and Balder, in particular, you know, as a gruff, all-business kind of guy. Yep. So you go towards the football field and you see your uncle. He's wearing like a dark hoodie. He's got the hood up over his face so that he's not recognized. But even behind that, you can see his extremely athletic build. So that's pretty much everyone in the Wolf's Bloodline has in some form. And as you get closer, you see the multiple scars on his face that he's gotten from various different uh, superpower <coughs> threats. It's pretty common for new Hatties or Skulls to look flawless and pristine for a while, but as time goes on and they fight more and more dangerous threats and more diverse threats that could actually hurt them, a lot of modern medicine can't actually operate on your line. That tracks. So as he pulls back his hood, you see one of his eyes just clouded over with like his long gash down to the side. He regards you with his one good eye and says, did you long enough? Yeah, I mean, I was all the way up on the third floor, <laughs> so I had to go down all the floors, then down into the basement, avoid the hall monitor, because I'm technically supposed to be in class right now. Go and on. then I had to go out and then down around the parking lot to the back of the school downhill. Eklund, you talk too much. First time I've been told that. Listen, you did a good job at the museum. First time I've been told that too, actually. <laughs> I've reviewed the footage. You did a lot better this time around. Taking the fight to the bad guy. You take care of the threat. That ends up taking care of everybody else most of the time. That's not was the thought, anyway. Listen, um, I know I'm supposed to be retired from the life, but uh, I still got some contacts, and uh, I thought maybe you'd be interested in hearing about this. And as he says that, he removes a folder from his hoodie, opens it up, and a hologram pops out um, with the Aegis logo on it. Um, and it's uh, just like this hollow video recording of Aegis agents analyzing the heist scene and interviewing the museum curators about the specific thing that was taken. Eventually, the conclusion that is reached is that this particular Onyx pendant was a long lost item that could be used in uh, mystical summonings. Okay. Now, uh, I know you've not really done much facing down magical foes yet, but uh, I'm gonna tell you this much. Magic is weird. With science, you can usually have an idea about how it's going to work, but with magic, you gotta go off a of feeling. Like how you feel, or like instinct? Instinct. Okay. And I know you've got the soul of Hati in there somewhere, so you've got some of that. Yeah. Should. Anyways, uh, you can keep 
this and he'll hand you the folder. And uh, keep an eye on that kid on your team. Which, which one? Uh, what's her name? Ricochet? Oh, I like Ricochet. Yeah. I've worked with plenty of people like her. Just normal folks with some powers who want to do some good. A lot of them end up in over their head. Ricochet is really fast. Speed doesn't keep you safe all the time. Take care of yourself. And he's gonna walk away. As he's saying this, you are remembering a little bit about why he retired. His partner was lost due to supervillain activity, and she wasn't a active hero in the metahuman sense, but she was like basically targeted to get to him. Nell's gonna call out to him and be like, one, one question. Well, I guess, well, you already know, the fight that we actually fought in was a distraction of the actual thing. Yep. Any advice for that? I mean, the fight was in front of me. The people I needed to protect were behind me. How do I know that I'm supposed to be somewhere else? It's a tricky situation. It's why you have a team. I'd recommend maybe uh, send some of the other people on the team who can't take it as well. Keep them on watch duty. Right. Keep your eyes and ears open all the time. You never know what's coming around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Thing is, sense really the best for me right now, and there was a lot of mint. <laughs> <laughs> I did face down against Megabyte one time. Kind of a weird fight, but I didn't have to go to the dentist for the next two years, so... <laughs> That's very dinky. So we are currently in Miss Frazier's class. I want to say that Diego is uh, around because Miss Frazier mm -hmm. has insisted upon him attending one of these classes, but hidden because he failed on his assignment so hard. <laughs> uh, and this is... Go ahead. Can he look like the skeleton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the science skeleton in the <laughs> corner of the room. Mm -hmm. And this is a biology class where you're um, basically dissecting rats. Ew. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are just like, ew, ew, I don't like it. And Miss Fraser is going over the different parts of the rats, just being like, and so you have to be sure to cut around the lungs in order to get to the hearts. Um, be very careful about them because they tend to get a bit squishy from the formaldehyde. Amy, I understand this is probably smells bad, but mm -hmm. this is just something that you are going to have to do, okay? If you don't want to do it, then get your lab partner to do it. <laughs> And maybe just like looks at Kitty with pleading eyes. Why do I have to do it? I I, I just can't. I, it, it makes me think of like like blood sausage and stuff. Like the food? Yeah, and I had it and I threw up the one time, so I I feel like I'm gonna throw up right now. Uh, fine. And as you are slowly going through and dissecting uh, the rats and like placing all of the different pieces of it onto the table. Your goal was basically to like identify all of these different body parts, essentially. As part of that, you like I've got all of the the ribs lined up um, in a row, essentially. Oof. You see, one of those ribs begins to like move of its own power. At first, you're not entirely sure, but then it scooches down again, knocks into another one, and then 
all of the ribs stand up on their sides, and they just kind of like just begin like bouncing up and down, like trying to hop off of your table. Um, that's not cool, uh, Miss Frazier. Uh, the rest of the students are beginning to notice this as well. As they start looking um, at their tables, some of them are just getting back from their uh, dissection stations. Chet stands up and is just like, oh man, this is not cool. I, you know what? I bet this is Diego. Oh, fucking dude. Why? I don't know. I just really wish that other superhero that Nell's friends with was here right now. And as these bones begin marching their way towards the door, you hear, ah, it's been 10 weeks. <laughs> and I rise again. Students of Tucker Island Public School, beware, for the Skeletador is here. <laughs> I mean, no, no. <laughs> now, we are going to rewind just a little bit. We're going to go to Mr. Han's history class for the seventh graders. Mr. Han. Right now, Tyson is sitting in the history class as Mr. Han is going on talking about the American Revolution and all of the different founding fathers. It's very dry stuff. Is Tyson the kind of person who pays attention in class? Tyson is doodling. Okay. And I made these doodles last time, and I feel like this is exactly what he was doing. He drew Megabyte, he drew, you know, Kaboom, mm -hmm. that's clearly when he was the cannonball. That's him, and he got the cloud there because of his legs, and I forgot, you know, he's he is paralyzed, but his mind keeps his legs up. And that's the, the hammerhead agent. I'm sorry, I don't know if I knew this. So Tyson is paralyzed, but his mind keeps his leg up? Legs up? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was a result of the car crash. Mmm. So... As you're sitting there doodling, Tyson might not notice Carson Jr. sliding up in the seat next to him, slowly moving from seat to seat to avoid Mr. Hans noticing him. He kind of leans in and goes, Hey, 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 Tyson? Yeah. Uh, what, what you doing? Paying attention. Those are some cool drawings you've got. I'm trying to focus. I see, I see a, a megabyte there. Do, do you like superheroes? What do you want? I just... I, I, I really like superheroes, so I wanted to uh, ask you if you if you knew about any any heroes, like like maybe like maybe Spectre or something. Like, like do you know about him? I cannot confirm or deny <laughs> that I may know about the Spectre of whom you speak. Okay, but but like he's he, he's like he's like my favorite person on the Arkham Knights, other than Ricochet. But <laughs> Arkham Knights, <laughs> not Arkham Knights, on the on the Varsity Knights. Really? Yeah, because um. What do you what do you like about him? Oh, I, I really like I like that he has like these super awesome powers, and like I, I'm just I'm just thinking like if I had the powers like that, I wouldn't ever go to school. I, I'd just be like, boom, crash, crash, boom. As he's doing this, Mr. Han looks over and like, shh, boom, crash, boom, you know. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. He's very anxious. Here's a question for Tyler. Okay. 
Does Carson Jr. have influence over Tyson? I feel like Tyson, he likes the attention, so he's going to go towards the attention. Okay, so... So we, yes. We, yes. Okay, so I think that what's happening here is Carson Jr. is unknowingly shifting your labels. He's saying that he sees you as more of a freak and less mundane. Okay. Do you accept that? Yeah. So I think in this scenario, you're basically realizing you've been feeling less and less like you fit in in the school, I think, because you're, bang, you're, you're all these yeah. big bang booms. And he's just told you that if he were in your shoes, he wouldn't be going. As he's saying this, he says something along the lines of, yeah, well, do, do you actually want to go to school? Because like, I don't want to go to school. I mean, who wants to go to school? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you have powers, which I don't, I don't, I don't have a reason to think that, but... <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something to think about, for sure. Can you mark insecure as you're basically thinking to yourself at this point, what am I even doing going to school? Well, I'm also insecure. <laughs> so, hey. right around this time, Mr. Han up at the front of the class kind of just clears his throat. <clears> throat> Excuse me, um, Tyson? Yes, sir? Is there something that you'd like to share with the class? We were talking ab about the... Um, I, I, I have to go to the bathroom! We were talking about how I have to go to the bathroom, says Carson, like with his hand raised up. The importance of when it is an emergency, you have to speak up for the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Han kind of just like looks between the two of you, narrows his eyes, and then says, Okay, uh, be quick about it, Carson. And then Carson gets up, like looks back at you, gives you like a double thumbs up, like, I got you. He like puts the thumb in the middle of his chest like he's hiding it and you know, <laughs> hides with his other hand. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> along with it. The rest of the class continues on. I think Tyson is continually lost in his doodles a little bit. He's doodling more, mm -hmm. absolutely. So it might be a little bit of a surprise to him when he starts hearing these big booms, not just in his head. Oh. When he starts hearing the sounds of some screams from outside, the sounds of what sounds to be like laughter of some kind. Like bad laughter? Like, ha 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 ha! Tremble in fear! Tremble in fear, oppressive flesh! For the Skeluchador is here! Uh, the rest of the students rush over towards the door, just kind of see what's going on. Mr. Han is trying to keep the peace, being like, Kids, kids, sit down. Please stay in your seats. But they're all just kind of like going straight towards the door. Can I look for a way to use that as a distraction to escape? Oh yeah, absolutely. I want to slip out the back door and who would be the nearest <laughs> friend in the group? I think that Kitty would be using this opportunity, if she can, to also slip out yeah. the door. So okay. she's probably in the hallway right now looking for a place to like put on her ricochet I outfit. think Kitty is among the other people that Tyson sees in the hallway. You see a good number of students kind of just like running down the hallway. Some of them are screaming, some of them are looking back with panic on their faces. You see Chet at the front of the pack just be like, oh god we're all gonna die! <laughs> As he runs past Kitty, immediately following behind all these students are a small legion of skeletal rats and birds and other just random wildlife that might be seen around a school that is falling after these students, as well as a large thump, 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 thump. Turning the corner 
Are these rodents also in luchador masks? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> They're painted. They're face painted to look like yeah. okay. masks. Excellent. Somehow. Uh, I think the Skaluchador just sits at home painting <laughs> bird and rat skulls yes. in his yes. free time. Mm -hmm. As this happens, a large, bulking figure comes around. His head is all the way up to the top of the hallway. And if you could imagine what a buff skeleton might look like, Absolutely. it is that. Okay. Like, his bones are at least five times as thick as they should be. There's basically no gaps between his ribs, and they almost look like abs on his chest. <laughs> and his skull itself is painted in this, like, sugar skull kind of fashion. Beautiful. As he just laughs maniacally. Ha 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 ha! Run, oppressive flesh! For I will free all of the skeletons trapped within your mortal frames! <laughs> so Diego, as the skeleton, I touch the sink so I can turn into water and go through the drains. And I want to pop out in the bathroom where Ricochet's <laughs> by accident. In the girl's bathroom. I mean, because that's where I hear the screams. Not because I'm being a perv, so I just like shoot out of there as yep. water from okay. the toilet. Hey! <laughs> so I think maybe... So, I don't think Bella's even summoned their axe yet. They are trying to run and intercept Skoluchador and get between this swarm and the students. Okay. So, runs ahead and like skids to a stop in front of this horde, holds out their hand, and their axe appears, sends this rippling light effect across their body as their attire and everything shifts into Hathi. And Nell is still feeling guilty about not doing very well at the last fight and also punching Chet in the face. <laughs> so the attire of Hathi shifts for that. So it looks a little, little more ragged, a little more worn than in the last combat because they're not feeling so great. So they summon their axe right in front of Skull Luchador, stare him down, and ask, you looking for a fight? It kind of sounds like you're trying to provoke him. Yes. So roll plus superior. Which is zero. So that's a seven. Ooh. As you bring out your axe, Skull Luchador stares you down and just says, <laughs> you think that axe can harm me? I am protected by dark necromantic magics. As long as my anchor remains, nothing can hurt me. And this is enough time for the rest of the team to assemble behind now. So, we are going to now enter combat against a dangerous foe as a team. So, who is the leader of the group at the moment? Nell. Nell. Alright. Uh, Nell, do you have influence over everybody? No. No. Cool. Uh, does everybody have the same purpose in the fight? Nell, what is your purpose in this fight? To do better than last time, essentially. More specifically, focus more on making sure nobody gets hurt. Okay, nobody gets hurt is the plan. Does anybody have a different purpose in this fight? I would agree with that. Uh, to show off a little bit, because uh, Big Bang Boom. Carson Jr. All right. <laughs> so we do not get to add another team for that. Does anybody mistrust the leader of the team? No. No. Cool. And is your team ill-prepared or off-balance? I mean, I'm insecure. It does feel like this is a bit of a surprise attack. <laughs> yeah, I think we would be considered okay. ill-prepared. So between the team that remained at the end of last session and the team that you just generated at the start of this session, there is four points of team in the pool to be used. 
With that said, the Bards of the Knights all form up behind Nell, facing down a wave of undead skeletal creatures Mainly skeletal vermin like pigeons and rats and squirrels. <laughs> Kitty and Diego come out of like the girls' bathroom <laughs> randomly. Diego's tripping and he's got toilet paper stuck to his shoe, which is making his leg turn into toilet paper. It's like, Fuck. Language, Diego. That's, sorry, sorry, Kitty. <laughs> ricochet, ricochet, ricochet. Go, go. Get in the game. <laughs> And Skeluchador charges directly towards the leader of your pack, which is Nell. And he's throwing aside the rest of the skeleton creatures as he does so, kind of like creating these large thump, 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 cracking the tile of the floor. What do you all do? Mm. Ricochet would like to start dealing with the skeletal vermin by freezing them in place and then using the momentum that she gains from that to play whack-a-mole with them, just with her fists. So, doing like a crouch run and like... Okay. Nell's goal is to defend, so if he is charging straight for the group, then Nell's bracing for that impact. So what we're going to do is you can pretty easily start whack-a-moleing these things down. They are not as much of a threat as the barreling Luchadora coming towards you. Yep. Nell, can you roll to directly engage a threat? Oh, there we go. That's Love not even. Nice. This Luchadora comes running towards you and you Brace for the impact. His arm comes around as he's doing a running clothesline towards you, and he yells out, Prepare to face the hell's humorous! As he tries to <laughs> knock you over, and you brace your axe against where it would have struck, and you hold firm. You see on his face a look of, Oh, maybe a worthy opponent after all. <laughs> as his focus seems to be entirely on you for the moment being. Diego, Tyson, what are you up to? So Tyson, even though he's insecure, he's gonna look right now to protect. Um, he's gonna make sure that the that the students are okay. Okay. He's also gonna keep an eye out for Carson Jr. to see if maybe he can add a flourish here and there. Okay. So I would like to help Hati. As Diego is like rushing to the fight, he's looking for anything metal because that's his gut instinct. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, gotta be stronger, gotta be stronger. Then realizes, oh, he stepped on toilet paper. So he kind of embraces it and then goes for like trying to blind the Skeluchador so that Hathi can get better shots. I think that sounds like you're unleashing your powers. Okay, me. that is plus freak. Yes. Come on, freak. That is an 11. 11, okay. Can you describe what it looks like as you pull out the toilet paper? <laughs> I absorb the toilet paper from my leg. It, it ripples all over my body until I just become a walking mass of toilet paper. <laughs> that I just then shoot where my arms were. They shoot out as toilet paper and wrap around the Skeluchador's head, trying to wrap around him like a mummy. Hati, axe the guy. <laughs> Between Hati taking him on directly and now the fact that he has toilet paper around his face, he is going to mark a condition angry. Yes. As he does this, he backs up and just like, angrily claws at his face and attempting to tear you off of him. You are just toilet paper, so I'm going to ask you to take a powerful blow. So, 10. Nice. 
Uh, 10, cool. You stand strong. We see him tearing at the toilet paper and we see like a shot from his vision with the toilet paper covering up his face. And then he tears it away and another one covers it up and then tears it away and another one covers it up and he tears it away and then there's an ax coming directly towards him. <laughs> Nell, what are you doing with your opportunity? Good question because this guy is not really going to succumb to direct damage this way, assuming he was truthful about the whole anchor thing. So I think this is almost like a test hit. This is a magical weapon. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's more effective. If you're trying to figure out how something works, may I suggest that you could try to assess the situation? Yeah, sure. That is a seven. So I would say that as you're thinking through this scenario, you remember some details about the file that you were given recently by your uncle, the previous Hati, specifically around the obsidian amulet that was stolen from the museum. And you think that obsidian amulet is probably linked to Skaluchador based on a couple of different factors within the file. And if you can find where that is, stop whatever ritual is happening around the amulet, Skeletor will just crumble. So likely the amulet is not on his person, it is elsewhere. Yes. Okay. If I can, if Ricochet is nearby, mm -hmm. Ricochet is the fast one. Mm -hmm. There's someone with an obsidian amulet somewhere. We need that. On it, she'll just run off and start scouring I'm thinking like a spiral pattern, so like start okay. from where they are and move outward. So that's a seven. A seven? We're yep. rolling a lot of seven. Either you mark a condition or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary, your choice. Let's mark a condition. I like afraid because mm. it's a big skeleton thing. Yeah. And it's scary. And you can't find the thing that's yeah. going to stop him. Mm -hmm. You begin running through the hallways trying to find where this thing could possibly be. You're realizing in your head, this could be in so many different locations. You're going to have to check in every closet, every locker is a potential location where it could be. There's just so many different potential options. Meanwhile, this entire time, little tiny skeletal creatures are tripping you up, and that's when you hear chanting. I don't think you speak Spanish. Since they're in an American high school, she probably has like basic Spanish, mm. but that's it. So I don't think you understand that Diego what is being. Her <laughs> so I, I don't think you understand what is being said, but Fair you hear enough. it coming from within a bathroom. All right, go in there. All right, cutting back real quick. As Skeluchador is being knocked back, he is going to just like put his hands over his head and grab onto Chameleon. Mm. And he is going to say, I will be right back. And as he says that, he sinks into the floor. He just like goes straight through it. He basically is doing a necromantic teleport as a bunch of other skeletal hands come up and pull him down into the ground. What? Pull Diego into the ground? Yes. Huh. Somebody can try um, to stop yes, this if you would Yeah, like. I don't know how much can stop Skaluchador, but we'll at the very least try and protect Diego. Yes. Like, grab him and pull him free. Roll to defend. I think as you're doing this, Diego's turning into <laughs> bones. Just, that's <laughs> mm -hmm. what's touching him. Oh, that's uh, 14. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it. Skaluchador sinks into the ground and you grab Diego just before Diego also gets pulled down. Diego, I think what happens is you are pulled out of the ground by now and you are holding on to a little finger that's just wiggling. I'm sorry? That, that is all that remains of Skaluchador. Oh. <laughs> Looking back over at Ricochet, 
Ricochet, as you're getting closer to the sound, you're realizing that you recognize the voice that is chanting. Ooh. As you get closer, you're just like, no, it couldn't be. And then you realize, no, it, it must be. That's the only person. It's Carson Jr. <gasps> what? Oh. What do you do? I'm gonna go in there and pick him up by the wrist if I can and be like, stop that! So as you put your way into the men's bathroom, you see Carson Jr. is sat cross-legged and he's kind of levitating in like this meditative state. His eyes are completely shut and there is an obsidian amulet that is hovering in the air right in front of him doing circles as he continues chanting. He seems completely unaware of his surroundings. All right, I want to snatch that amulet. Okay, you certainly try to do so, but there is some sort of force that is holding this all together currently. Can I snatch him then? You can grab him, mm -hmm. but again, there is some sort of force that is uh, holding all of this together. You can yep. barely move him. All right, I want to yell at him then. <laughs> Carson! Carson! Junior! Junior! <laughs> As you like pull up on his eyes to try to get him to pay attention, you see that they are kind of like rolled back into the back of his head. Oh boy. Can you absorb his energy? That is something that you could try to figure out by assessing the situation. All right, yeah, let's go with that. Let's try to figure out what's going on here. 11 plus three, 14. Yay. 14. Seven and 14. We're only working in multiples of seven today. <laughs> you think that this does not seem to be hurting him, it's just keeping control of him. As for what you could use to snap him out of it, if you were to give him a sufficient emotional shock of some kind, you <laughs> might be able to snap him out of it. Now I want to look back. Currently, Skeluchidora has just bamfed out of there, leaving the three of you. There are still screams throughout the school. How are you going to proceed? So I think as Skeluchidora's gone, Diego's fine, goes over, sees Spectre. It's like, we need to find Ricochet. Uh, and, and the amulet. Ricochet went to find the amulet. We find amulet. You have her phone? Or oh, his phone? I don't know. I could try to sit, like, sit down and think about where she could be. That's not. <laughs> oh, but, but, but I mean, I mean, like, 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 like a, like a brain radar. That that could work. You could do that this I whole time. I, I don't know. Well, let's give it a try. Try it. Okay. Nine. Yes. So mark a condition and you hold free burn. Um, I will be afraid because I'm not sure if I can do it. Okay. He's gonna kind of like squeeze his, his head between his hands like like a vice, mm -hmm. and he's thinking and walking back and forth. Your awareness expands. You normally, as a person, are aware of your own existence. But mm. as you're doing this, you become aware of your teammates, Hati and the chameleon next to you. And then surrounding them, other students. Surrounding them, students further. And then surrounding all of that, you become aware of the awareness that you know as Ricochet, mm. as well as Carson Jr. in the bathroom. Now that said, you're also aware of another presence that you are sensing for the first time in this manner, but it is definitely an angry skeleton <laughs> that is rampaging towards the gymnasium, and there are a lot of students in there. Okay. They're in the bathroom of the Northeast Corridor. We have to get to the gym though now. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're skeleton thing. It's, it's going over there towards all the kids. We it's, have to go there now. Is Ricochet safe? I don't know. They're just one, over there One of the you bathroom. go to Ricochet. The other one come with me to the gym. Uh, Rock, paper, scissors. I'll, I'll, I'll go to Ricochet because yeah. I feel like I don't want to put myself in physical danger, but maybe I can help with what's ever over there. So the like team that, yeah. splits off um, yeah. as the two of you, uh, Chameleon and Hati, head off to the gymnasium to keep the students safe. Meanwhile, you're heading towards the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Now, Chameleon, mm-hmm. you are becoming aware of a little voice inside of your head. And you actually recognize the voice as the voice of the Skeletridor. You are different from the rest. You were made of bone, but you are not made of bone. But you are not flesh. Why do you fight for these people, brother? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Please, brother, I want to help you. You see, these people, they will never understand people He's, like us. He starts to smack his own head, <laughs> and Happy probably sees this. <laughs> they look over and they're like, water in your ears happens to me all the time. It more like dust, in a sense. That you might want to get that looked at, that can cause an infection. Yeah. <laughs> they think of us as nothing but freaks. They think of us as nothing but monsters. The oppressive flesh will always look down on us. But I know, we know, that people such as ourselves are better than that. We are strong together, and we can break free from these chains. He's trying to shift your labels. He's trying to move your freak oh. down and your superior up. Hmm. You drive a hard bargain. <laughs> I think that resonated a little with Diego, especially after thinking about how Chet treated him recently. Uh, but I think he's gonna try to resist. That's a seven. That's a seven. Okay. Mark off that Skeletridor no longer has influence on you. Yeah. I think that as part of this, you're realizing he can talk to you because you're made of bone. And so oh. you just turn that off. I turn into whatever tiles yeah. that yeah. the floor is made out. It's the bone phone. It's asbestos. No! It's asbestos. no. <laughs> Back in the restroom, as Tyson arrives <laughs> to see the scene of Ricochet looking at Carson. At this point, Ricochet is saying to Carson Jr., Junior, I know that you want to be a superhero, but this is not the way to do it, okay? You're never going to be a superhero, and you need to learn to accept that. That is a provoke if I've heard one. It was supposed to be get an emotional reaction out of yep. it. Yep, that is plus superior, and you get a plus one forward since you assess the situation. Okay. That is a 14 again. Jesus. 14, nice. His eyes slowly start rolling back into place, and he kind of like looks towards you with this look of surprise on his face as he slowly starts levitating downwards, I think like into your arms, mm-hmm. essentially, oh. and the obsidian amulet starts also lowering before it clatters onto the floor. Rit, uh, Kit, um, fine. And I think you can mark potential because you've just revealed your identity to Tyson. Yeah! <laughs> so Tyson like hasn't moved, like he has that big like Kramer entrance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, you, and you. <gasps> please don't tell anyone. Oh. Like please. What, what, what are you, why, why are you flip-flopping on me? You told me to do this. What? <laughs> We're gonna cut back to the gym. <laughs>
So, we see the Skaluchador busting through the doors to the gymnasium as a bunch of students rush off to the other side. Chet is there, he throws a dodgeball in effect <laughs> at the Skaluchador that just bounces off of his giant, I'd say peck, but it's ribs. One of us distracts him, the other one hits a big blow. This is the worst time to say this. He had the whole trip to the gym to say this, but I think he waits until now to say, he can talk to me as bone. Uh, he talked to me too? No, like in the, in the, and he, he holds up the finger and then he turns himself into bone. Hey! And then just try to, to taunt him. So Hati doesn't hear anything, but he just, Hati can see Diego stare intently as if I was trying to communicate something. Hopefully. <laughs> Understood the plan of one person distracts the other person yeah. hits him. Mm-hmm. So just going to like back away and try to skirt around like through mm-hmm. the other entrance and then cut back around. What are you trying to say to him? You're right, brother. I think it's time to show them what we're made of. Okay. Um, and what are you trying to get him to do? Because it sounds like you're trying to provoke him. This isn't the place. The place is in Halcyon City. With all the crooked politicians and those scientists. Okay, uh, can you roll plus superior with a plus one? <laughs> uh, well, that's a 10. Uh, on a 10 plus, they do it. So as you're saying this, you get this sense within your head of just like elation as he says, <laughs> I knew you'd come around eventually. Come, show me the way. I'll stop up at the local graveyard for some extra materials and well, well, I the thing world back. The thing is, I have uh, I have Spanish next with Kitty, and you know I can't miss Spanish. Ignore Kitty. She is oppressive flesh. She will never see you the way that I do. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But and I want to look over at Hati. Yeah. 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 Do I have a? Yes, a you've got to... a, You've absolutely got to inside <laughs> him. Hell point. yeah. You can directly engage a threat for me. All right. Let's see how I roll. Not well. A four. No. A four. That, that's just a four. I think we see Hati sneaking up behind him, preparing to blindside him with the axe, and then we also see a little tiny bone squirrel starting to squeak and look towards Hati, and then right before Hati is about to attack him, he lashes out with his other hand and grabs the axe before it hits him by the haft, turns around and picks Hati up. (laughs) Oh, I see how it is. You thought that you could trick me, but now your friend is going to face the fatal femur as he slams (laughs) you down onto his knee. All right. You're going to roll to take a powerful blow, please. 11. Okay, so what happens? So he does this move. It probably hurts like a bitch. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely does. But it doesn't break any bones or anything because mm-hmm. invincible. And he does that expecting to break something. Mm-hmm. So Nell recovers, rolls across the floor, and swipes the axe out toward his feet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't move his foot in time, and it takes a chunk out of his shin bone, and that's how he realizes that his protections are gone. <laughs> He's going to mark insecure as a result of this. <laughs> Fine! If you won't join me, then I'll just have to bring out my friends 
core hiding inside of yours. And as he does that, he like pulls the rest of the students and you see them starting to scream as this like necromantic energy flows out towards them. It looks like they're being like dragged across the gymnasium towards him. What do you two do? I keep his attention. Actually, you know what? That's tr that's true. He's gonna do that to you instead. Okay. And this is, I think, this is another powerful blow that you're gonna have to take because this All is right. magic. Yep. Eight. Mark a condition. Afraid makes the most sense, but I hate that. Modestly concerned. Mm-hmm. I think afraid makes the All most right. sense. Diego, what are you doing? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> Diego, you've got a sense that if you don't take him down hard or attempt to get his attention in a hard way, Nell might be in it for a very bad time. Okay. He just like panics and just grabs the basketball net. Mm -hmm. He was going for the rope of the net, instead he just touches the metal of the mm -hmm. ring. And he's just like, fuck it, just cannonball himself, run up to him, jump, and then just right in the ribs. Okay, roll to directly engage a threat. Yeah. A 10? A 10, so you get yeah, to choose two. two. And also describe how you take him out. Okay, okay. So I would like to hit him so hard such that he breaks his concentration and Hati is able to land, hopefully on their feet, and then also create an opportunity for my allies by just some of his bones maybe break off and he's maybe in two pieces. As you come in for this last hit, he sees this happening, drops Hati, and leaps back up at you, and the two of you collide midair. Can you roll them to take a powerful blow? Oh. That's a four. That is Ooh. a four. That is a success. Oh, okay. You could mark potential, and I think you just go straight through him, and he collapses into a pile of oversized bones. Now that that is all taken care of, let's get back at this bathroom. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tyson is listening intently. Mm -hmm. Carson has just said, "Yeah, I, you, you told me to." to Take this and, and to, to go go into the bathroom and... Why would I tell you that? I, I don't know. I... Okay, when did I tell you that, Junior? I, I went to... I was going to go to the bathroom, then you stopped me in the hallway. Ricochet or Kitty? You, you, Kitty. Looking like me? Yeah. Okay, well, I didn't do that. So, <laughs> someone looks like me. I, I don't understand. Did they give you the amulet? Yeah. Okay, that's not good. Here, here, take it. I don't want it anymore. Alright, so she'll take it and put it in the pocket of her motorcycle jacket. Mm -hmm. Carson just gets up and he tries to leave the bathroom because the sense you get from him is, is he's just very stressed about this scenario. Yeah, I think Ricochet would just kind of leave with him. Uh -huh. But before you do, Spectre would go, Ricochet! What? what? You, you just, it's from a stall. <laughs> Come here! Uh, unlocks the door. Mm -hmm. Junior, you're gonna be okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> She's just thinking to herself, great, I have to deal with that later. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was like trying to see if there was somebody else out there, and I kind of look into Austin Jr.'s brain, and it's, well, it's weird, but not because it's his brain, but it's weird because his- I'm sure it's also weird because it's his brain. But what he was telling you about the, you, you, you- About the me? The yeah, doppelganger? About, about the you. That memory, it doesn't fit perfectly where it's supposed to. Almost like it was put there. So, it's somebody with telepathy? Maybe? We should get out of the bathroom. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Roleplay Radio this week. I'd like to give a huge thank you to all of the talented musicians that helped bring this podcast to life with their amazing music. You can find song names and links to their artists' web pages in the description. I would also like to thank our players who were involved in this project: Rin Garnett, Tyler Rubin, and Nikki Aguilar Thompson. And a very special thanks to our talented GM, Michael Yang, who not only prepared this wonderful five-part miniseries for Roleplay Radio, but who also scored and produced the Varsity Nights theme song. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe to his personal YouTube channel, which we've also shared in the description. Thanks again. I'm Alex Aguilar Thompson, and I sure hope to see you again next week for another episode of Roleplay Radio.